to the Everything RBC podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Keeper, and he's my co-host, David Costello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. So, David, you just wrapped up the time capsule reveal downstairs in the ERC. I did. You unearthed one capsule Mm -hmm. and then buried some new items. That's right. How how was that event for you and the, the participants? It was amazing. Um, I had a great time. I mean, I had a great time putting the whole thing together, but it was, as with any event like that, that Mm -hmm. that takes you time to plan, it's always rewarding to see it actually come to fruition and to see people enjoying it, Mm -hmm. enjoying the work that you put in. So uh, from the little feedback I got so far, I Mm -hmm. think we did a good job. You did. It was um, a phenomenal job from the items that you chose to the team to the videos. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I was listening to Carl speak, Carl Jacobs, yeah. um, he gave a shout out to Nancy Sylvester. So I uh-huh. had to text Nancy and I had to say, are you watching this? And <laughs> she had no idea. And I said, you need to go live right now and start, yeah. you know. And so she got online and it's just fun when you think yeah. about the history of Rock Valley and the people that have been here to make it what it is today. Yep. Um, there are legends and we have a legend with us today. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind me saying that. Um, but our guest today is a guest that I am so excited that is here. Lorraine Logan. Lorraine Logan has a very special place at Rock Valley College mm-hmm. and the history is, is deep mm-hmm. and her her influence is wide, let me say it that way. And it starts with where we're sitting right now. Maybe not starts, okay. but it's impacted in this very building, the ERC. So Lorraine Logan, you are a innovator, you're a community advocate, you are somebody who's a champion for people that need it the most. We'll talk in this episode about all of the different programs, all of the different boards that you have been on, what you've done for Rock Valley College, and what you've done for your own company. So let's start, um, and we'll get to all of those things that I talked about, but let's start with your background. And um, I told the, the listeners a little bit about your progress, and it started with workplace staffing 30 years ago. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What was the inspiration to start workplace staffing? And usually when people are inspired to do something, it stems from childhood. So I actually want to start in your childhood and have you describe a little bit about what it was like growing up and what led to workplace in terms of your values. That's a super crazy question because actually uh, when I was 10 years old, I was working inside of my father's farm implement business and I, in my off time, would design checks for the business that I was going to eventually have for myself. So it does go back to age 10 and um, my father owned a business, owned the school buses in our small town, um, had farmland where he grew wheat and that kind of thing. So very much I was involved. on his side of life more than with my with my mom. Okay. Um, and he, he gave me a lot of messages about being self-reliant, being smart, being self-fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those really stuck with me. And I knew that a business would be a way in which I could express myself. Mm-hmm. It was also a way in which I would be responsible for my own earnings. So I did not want to be in a role where somebody could determine how much money I could make. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I'm so crazy about having so much money 
but I'm so crazy about expressing who I am mm -hmm. and giving it my all and being accountable. Mm -hmm. So perfect way for that to, to happen. Uh, the business evolved because I worked for uh, a jobs training program and I discovered that I was really bothered by money coming into our consortium and I didn't think it was effective. So I decided that I would take a personal leave. I knew that nobody else was counting on me. I knew that I was just gonna have to see what I decided to do with this abyss that I had created by giving up my job. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, the, the um, abyss was deeper than I had anticipated. I was out of work for quite a while because it was the early 80s and we were in a deep recession. But it gave me time to become very reflective and get quite in touch with what it was I wanted to do. And I came to realize that I feel that love and work are two components of life that really matter. Mm -hmm. And out of balance can make quite a difference in people's lives. So I decided I really wanted to devote my work and my new company to being about employment. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, then, I uh, met someone who was in the staffing business, worked there for seven years, and the, uh, the girl designing the checks decided it was time <laughs> to get my name on the top and the bottom line of those checks. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started the company in 88. Wow. Hmm. So that's sort of reflective of the time that we're in right now. Yeah. You know, your innovation happened, you said, during the recession. Yes. And here we are again, we're in a pandemic, and people are having to reinvent themselves again. So it's sort of coming full circle. Mm -hmm. So you are 10 years old, mm -hmm. and you imagine and visualize your own checks in your own business. So it's deep within you. And then... Now you are well known for really advocating for other people to do the same for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I really admire about you. So can you tell us how, when you engaged in those early years, when you engaged with those, those people that would come into workplace, how did you engage them in a place where they could also find their identity in a way that made them feel like they had love and work that they enjoyed? It's, it's not always one path because sometimes it's, it's true the whole hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes somebody simply needs a job. Yes. Mm -hmm. And self-actualization is not counting as much as that loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. So it, it's always been a balance. Um, when I, when I think about our search division at the company, now we're talking about strategic career moves self-actualization, intellectual advancement, all that kind of thing. When I'm talking about the sta with a staffing candidate, I have to not only sort through what is she after, what can she bring, but what, what does he really need just to, to make his life work right now? Mm -hmm. And part of what has been just the biggest joy for me over these 33 years is we will literally put people to work and we will see them in a few years and you barely recognize them mm -hmm. because of the transformative power of stability of income mm -hmm. and just a reliable job in an environment where you can express and be supported. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it sounds hokey in some ways, but I really feel like this is, is such a calling for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I try really hard to 
see the essence of people mm -hmm. and to really hear what they bring to the conversation, both what they articulate, but maybe what their energy, where they show their energy with the greatest passion and that kind of thing. Because even when we have to take that job that we have to just have, there's still something within us that wants to be fulfilled. And I think my, my commitment is to be part of helping people identify that. Mm -hmm. Then I have th the privilege or th of being pretty insightful about ways to get things done. Mm -hmm. So if I listen and someone says to me, I really know that I could do this, and I start thinking about who in the community do I know, what processes will it take, how do I help them put that together? And so that's another really interesting piece of just expressing um, my connection to people. Hmm. Yeah, and, and that's probably why when I first spent one hour with you, I fell in love with your vision mm -hmm. because I feel very, very similar. I feel like you're articulating the way I like to live my life. Mm -hmm. I said last week that I love to sit one hour with a person so I can find their essence. And you just used mm -hmm. the same word. I call it the Christmas tree moment. When you ask a person the right question, you'll yeah. see their eyes light up like a Christmas tree and you can find what it is. That even if they're in a temporary job, that's not exactly the long-term goal, but you can find a way to make it feel like they're on their way and they're on the path to that. Mm -hmm. um, you can help them self-actualize. And man, that is a beautiful moment when you can see that. And sometimes, Amanda, I know you and Dave agree with this, people express their Christmas tree moment and they need somebody to affirm it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to say, I see that in you. I know you would do that or could do that, and yes. I know you will do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talk a lot here at the college about the number of lives we impact. Mm -hmm. And our, our last, uh, a guest we had on last week who's taught here for a number of years, she actually had done the math about how many students she feels like she has impacted over the years. And do you have any idea how many lives you've impacted through workplace in 30 years and changing their lives with employment? And well, you know, what I do know is that we're now seeing third generation of the same family mm. applicants. Mm. And um, it's thousands, Dave. I, I really don't mm -hmm. even begin to guess. And some are such a light touch that it's almost a whisper. And some are deeply profound. I mean, yeah. there, there are a handful of people who something will occur and they'll go, oh, she started me here. And they'll call me up and mm -hmm. they'll say, okay, you know, I'm now the director of blah, blah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you, you said, oh, we're going to overlook that typing test way back in the day mm -hmm. because I know you can do this and I'm going to put you in there at an entry-level position. And mm -hmm. so that's pretty, pretty uh, exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and your heart really does help people that are starting from bare minimum. Mm. What I've noticed in a lot of your philanthropy work is that you are really trying to reach people who have odds stacked against them. Is that how you would articulate it? or how, what, Use your words, if you would. That was a Christmas tree moment. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it brings tears to my eyes because it's true. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, I like 
to use philanthropy to make a statement. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned in the intro that we're sitting in a space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I realize being a member of the foundation board and our, we're seated to raise money. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to the then executive director talk about this uh, rehabilitation of this building and wh what it was going to take and blah, blah, blah. And I stood there listening to her and I thought, okay, I can speak about an African-American. I can speak about a woman. And those two things need more conversation mm -hmm. and uplifting in this, re in this community. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting where I can make that happen. You know, do I care, to be honest with you, did I care about the bricks and mortar of the library? Well, sort of, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did I care about the world recognizing Estelle Black? You betcha. Mm -hmm. That woman committed to me. She made a huge impact in my life. Mm -hmm. She was my friend when I was new to town and didn't know anybody and needed a lot of emotional support. And I'm forever, ever dedicated to her. Will you say more about Estelle Black? People come into this building every single day and they have no idea whose name is on that building. You chose her name with your donation dollars. Educate us on her. Tell us why she was so important to you. Well, she was a librarian mm -hmm. um, and she was the deputy director of Rockford Public Library for, I think, like a decade. I don't okay. really know. Mm -hmm. um, after we dedicated this building, I gave a dinner party for her, and people from um, American Library Association, State Library Association, flew in to attend that dinner. Hmm. She is recognized in the library science world. Uh, I mean, she maybe not any longer, of course, because she's long been retired, but mm -hmm. I mean, she was a real trailblazer. Mm -hmm. She was a dedicated professional with immense um, uh, um, personal power. Mm -hmm. So when she put the oomph of Estelle Black behind something, mm -hmm. baby, you knew it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she met me uh, when I was in my very first job here, and she was a commissioner on the um, board on the or for the organization where I was doing my work, and she just took me under her wing. And when I started the company. You know, it was a struggle. Um, it was, I was beyond what I had done before. I had a business partner in the beginning and just a lot of things that needed to be handled. And I would be pretty challenged sometimes to just think about what to do next, how to do it best. Mm -hmm. And I would call Estelle. I can remember being sitting in a parking lot and as saying, what would you do now? What would you do? And she was just always there. And it wasn't just she was a good friend that you could, you know, turn to, but she was one savvy, strategic thinker. Mm -hmm. She would not baby me. Um, she would inspire me and boost me on. Mm -hmm. So when a student walks in here, I want to just say to them, Think about, think about it, a Michelle Obama on a local level. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not all the way to the White House. But that kind of confidence, that kind of presence, that kind of intellect, 
that's Estelle Black. Mm. Yes, thank you for that comparison. So that, that grace and that willingness to see other people and to turn the camera around at others Very and much. elevate other people. That's a beautiful yeah. example, and that's definitely something I think that people walking into this library could aspire to be. Well, and you've well. sort of reminded me that I need to do a better job, and I think everybody would hopefully follow suit in using the full name of this yeah. library because mm -hmm. obviously that meant a lot to you, and that means a lot to Estelle, and we should mm -hmm. be calling it the Estelle and Black Library, not mm -hmm. the library. We tend to use shorthand and with mm -hmm. Dr. Jacobs. He has a building and people call it the JCSM. Mm -hmm. We should call uh -huh. it the Carl Jacobs Center for mm -hmm. Science and Math so mm -hmm. that people understand um, right. what that is about and who it's for. Mm -hmm. Well, and Dave, particularly because we still are not of a time where there are enough anythings named for powerful women, for powerful uh, uh, blacks, mm -hmm. and let's keep that conversation top of mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are. You are continuing to keep that conversation top of mind. You have a project that was just released in the newspaper that you're part of that is Rockford Promise. Mm -hmm. And there have been huge strides. I can tell you, Lorraine, that I have had three or four Rockford Promise students in my classes, and they are mm -hmm. stellar. They're stories of grit and resilience. I teach public speaking, as you know, so I get to hear their stories. I get to bear witness to where they've come and, and the barriers that they are facing right now as they trudge through tried, trying to get a degree. And we actually have one or two Rockford Promise students coming on the show this semester and then one next semester. But that's been a project that you've really been an advocate for. Can you tell the listeners more about that project? The latest announcement mm -hmm. is is an addition of an uh, educational institution mm -hmm. to the to the partnership that is creating more scholars. Mm -hmm. Rock Valley College has been involved with it for a number of years, mm -hmm. and as you say, Amanda, you have students now and have had. Mm -hmm. um, the promise is literally that the the latest announcement is a student is promised that if the family lives in Rockford, mm -hmm. the student attends Rockford Public Schools, um, has a grade point of 3.0, then based on family income, there, it's either a free ride for four years mm -hmm. or it's a very reduced, uh, excuse me, tuition. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, it's very empowering and I support it not only because I recognize that education is such a lifeline to a positive future, mm -hmm. but also selfishly, I know that we have to do something to build the pipeline. Every day, employers don't have enough people who have the skills for the today's jobs. Mm -hmm. So reading unemployment rates doesn't tell us enough. Until we have oh, close this skill gap, that is, it's frankly, it's global. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's very exciting for me, and it doesn't mean I don't believe in certifications or anything, but I also believe in master's, excuse me, bachelor's and master's programs. Mm -hmm. So the promise now takes it even further. A student can be at Rock Valley, they can be at NIU, um, and ideally as they start their, their post-secondary education here, they stay here mm -hmm. because we have all these employers who can't wait to get them in their doors as employees. Mm -hmm. And my aspiration for working with Rockford Promise is to help build, just like we had for engineering our future, I want us to have internships 
so that we start yes. relationships mm -hmm. that are going to encourage the scholars to not only study here, but stay here. Yeah, absolutely. My mentor, Martha Cooper, in grad school, she said one sentence to me that really has led me in my life and she said choose the option that gives you more options yeah and that's all you're saying you're not saying that one is better than the other you're saying here are the options and we want you all to be on an equal playing field and if you desire a four-year degree then we want you to have it mm -hmm. right and they're working they're getting that 3.0 they're showing that they can have that grit and that resilience and because a lot of them have things going on at home that they're fighting against and uh, you know even things like transportation issues or access to computers or, you know, yeah. through RBCSOS, Rockford, mm -hmm. or excuse me, uh, Students of Service, we see this all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I really admire that. Another thing I noticed when doing a little research on you is that you've also done some work with Carpenter's Place. Mm -hmm. So again, I see this person that really tries to reach to the people who have the odds against them. Can you share a little bit about the work that you've done at Carpenter's Place? You know, that's now been a bit ago. Mm -hmm. So it's a little hard for me to be really specific. I just know that when uh, Al Barsima founded Carpenter's Place and his own personal story really spoke to my heart and spoke to my family story. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the population that would be guests at Carpenter's Place was a population that needed to be valued, needed to be truly seen, mm -hmm. and... I was willing to be part of that. Yeah, and it's again the basic needs that we don't want anyone to be counted out because they don't have a basic need. Right. If you don't have, it's it's exactly what you said. It's Maslow's hierarchy. If you don't have basic needs, if you don't have food, transportation, water, clean air, if mm -hmm. you don't have a place to sleep at night, how can you focus? Right. Well, and Amanda, we all, are you, I think we three agree. Nobody wakes up and says. I'm just going to go live in the street. Mm -hmm. There's a reason mm -hmm. that someone is without a home right now. That's right. And it doesn't have to always be like that. Mm -hmm. And so when Carpenter's Place does the, the 13 or 14 liabilities to help people start getting in touch with what, or what led to their current condition, mm -hmm. they can work their way back to having a place to sleep, having a place to work, having relationships again. And that's, you know, that's what we're here for, is to help people have the fullest lives. Hmm. That's beautiful. I didn't know that they do that. And that goes back to something we talked about last week with attachment, you know, attachments to early relationships mm -hmm. and having uh, those relationships that are nurturing when we're children. They're, like you said, there's a reason that right. people are where they are. Yeah. So I guess bringing this to RVC, how long have you been involved with the Rock Valley College Foundation, and why did you want to be involved with the foundation? You know, Dave, we're supposed to be, I think, on the foundation board for nine years. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm like in my second stint of nine <laughs> years. I don't even remember. It's been that long. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was um, kind of naive and, and just pretty flattered. Um, my banker came to see me and asked me would I sit on the Rock Valley College Foundation, and I, all the flutters, said yes, I would. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't really get a, a full uh, ready-for-prime-time board member at the time. Yeah. Um, but I stayed long enough to really embrace the mission, commit to doing the work, and uh, hopefully 
being part of a lot of solutions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest impact that the foundation has? Uh, I think it's it's twofold. One is, oftentimes the people who sit on the foundation are well connected within the regional community, mm-hmm. and they have relationships that maybe aren't easily attained by even a trustee. Um, so I think we bring our connections, our and uh, when we're doing our job well, we open doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, through those connections, we oftentimes come back to the college with some information. I still remember when the foundation went out to make an ask, and we learned that a very significant employer was not getting what they needed from the college. So it gave us the chance to go right away to the president's office, talk about that. The um, then-president kicked in, started evaluating what was going on, and solutions being provided. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we do that. The, the other piece is, just like I said earlier, we are seated to raise money. Sure. And when I think about engineering our future, um, we raise a good deal of money in a really short time mm-hmm. um, and had significant gifts. You know, the Clark Legacy um, found gift of a million dollars was one that kind of took us over the top on that campaign. So it's it's for us to step in and do that kind of work to see that the programs here, or yeah, sometimes yeah. It, 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 it relates to a building, but really that's always about programming. Sure. It's about mm-hmm. student services. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, uh, sure. that's our job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you're saying that I've gotten to a place in my life where I have significant influence and I'm able to talk with people that are like-minded and forge those relationships so that I can bring more stakeholders to the college who have a vision like ours and we can expand mm-hmm. our reach That's to right. our students. That's exactly right. Yes. So speaking of expanding the reach, the tech bus. Yeah. Yes. So I, I believe, did it start, were you the chair of the, uh-huh. okay, so the chair of the tech bus fundraising initiative. Tell us about that. Well, it has a it has a little backstory because while I was a fire and police commissioner for a number of years, I was involved with um, the um, it's like a it's it's a it's a van it's a it's a small trailer I can't think what to call it um, that the police department gave to Samuel Sarpea, who started a little technology center and they would park it in the parking lot of certain places and. There'd just be a flood of kids and their moms and mm-hmm. whatever coming in, starting to want to learn about mm. technology and, and intuitively or from school, whatever. The the kids knew they they wanted to know this. They needed to know this, and um, so when the idea when Chuck Hunkel started talking to the foundation about it, I right away said, "Yeah, we've we've got to make this happen," mm-hmm. and I knew that it was something that I would just have a lot of energy behind, and I was willing to do what it took to help make it happen. Because you've seen it successful in other places. Well, I, I saw that van sure. here, mm-hmm. and yeah. then I started through Brittany learning about Elgin and that kind of, or McHenry, wherever mm-hmm. it was. Okay. Yeah. okay. I spoke with Brittany today, too, and I told her that you were coming on the podcast, and she said, make sure you ask her about her love of alas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So tell us about your love of Allah. Well, and I can even uh, 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 rat out trusty uh, Murphy, too, because, well, so I was um, in a meeting, in a foundation meeting, where Alice was discussed and presented, and Mm -hmm. the students talked about creating a campaign to raise money. And so I thought, hmm, this is pretty interesting. I think I want to help them learn how to do it. So I um, told them that I was going to give them a $10,000 challenge, that I'd pay the 10, but they had to raise 10, mm-hmm. and now we'd have two f- scholarships. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. They, they like that. They let me come to their meetings. We got all jazzed up about it. <laughs> and... One day, the foundation office called, well, one day, like two weeks later, the foundation office calls me and says, well, we got our 10,000. The Alice kids got their 10,000. Wow. I said, well, but they were going to do this, and then they were going to do this. But okay. So I asked a couple questions, and they said that Chairman Haney, uh, Chairman uh, Murphy thought it was so cool that he walked in and wrote a check. <laughs> so I called Pat and I said, look, they were supposed to learn how right. to raise money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not always going to be this easy. Right. Right? So I said, right. here's the deal, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to do another one. I'll do five, you do five, and we challenge them for ten. There you go. He okay. said, got it. So we took it and we did that. Yeah. So it's been really great. Well, and I do want you to know that what you say to people that age really does have an impact. You know, David, I, I think I told you this, but I met Lorraine at the American Future Philanthropist, the yeah. American Professional Philanthropist With luncheon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And RVCSOS, the students had won the Future Philanthropist Award. And mm-hmm. Lorraine just happened to be sitting at the table. And she just started asking all these really good questions. And then I looked at Brittany and I said, who is that lady? <laughs> who is this person? This is funny yeah. now. I said, she's really sharp. Who is she? <laughs> <laughs> so she said, well, you have to meet her. So then Lorraine and I went out to lunch and yeah. had just a beautiful conversation. But you had talked with all of the students there that day at the table. And you yeah. had asked those questions to them. And I will tell you, they left so affirmed. You used the word affirmed. They left so affirmed that day uh-huh. that when we put our fundraiser together this year, we mm-hmm. just actually launched our second annual fundraiser for the Friendsgiving campaign, and they were dreaming bigger. Yeah, They were dreaming bigger, Good. and that's what it's about. It's, you know, maybe not, well, maybe we can raise $500, you know? Now, now let's dream bigger because the more money we can raise, the more people we can impact. And once they start to see that they are recognized and that they're affirmed it keeps them motivated you bet so yeah i love that and it teaches us you know along the way that well i'm not just a 500 dollar mind i'm a whatever mind you know if i was so glad dave that you included fred van vliet in the in the video about 2020 because bet on yourself mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that paid off for I did. <laughs> okay hold on though shout out to fred van fleet if he will ever listen to our podcast yeah. i sent him because we are doing this fundraiser and i sent him a message on instagram and i said hey fred this is amanda Kiefer from rock valley college i'm betting on myself will you help us uh-huh. i have not heard from fred yet <laughs> Well, he's been a little busy. Yeah. So, Fred, I know you're signing all those big dollar contracts right now. But yeah. No, you're exactly right. Good for that's, him. That's yeah. so awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's so much excitement around that. There's so oh. much excitement and pride around that. People, 
you know, looking at a local and saying, look at you. And he, has, for that. he and is he another were, person. He who was gives, a walk-on. He gives back, too. Yeah. Yes, he, he really does. does. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done a great job, and he... Uh, he embraces Rockford, and mm-hmm. he's he's proud to be from here, and he he gives back. So, yeah. yeah, and bet on yourself. He was a walk-on, right? Uh, he, yes, he was he an undrafted. I think undrafted. he was undrafted. He was. Right. Yeah. yeah, so he tried out. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah, he, that's yeah. a great story. Yeah. Well, I think the important thing about his message is that he's willing to put in all the hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, be you know be confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing for all of us to remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit and have okay. some fun, if that's okay. Sure. Um, so we have some questions in a bag next to you, and we try to get to know you professionally but also personally on this show as well. So let's start with the, ba- the questions, and then we'll leave the campfire for the end. But just two slips of paper. We have no idea what kind of question you're going to pull out of that bag. Um, so just choose any two, and you can read them okay. and answer them. I love this part. Me too. So, what do you strongly suspect but have no proof of? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that, although I never know how I How do you answer, answer that? I know. <laughs> Is there any, I don't know, conspiracy theory yeah. that you... Well, you know, I'm going to stay right in character. I, I'm sorry that I can't get fun, more fun than this. But the first thing I thought of is Marianne Williamson has a, a line about we're greater than we ever imagined we are. Mm-hmm. And playing small serves nobody, least of all ourselves. Mm. So what mm-hmm. I strongly suspect is I've got a lot of time left, and I'm going to do some more good stuff, and it's going to surprise me at what I can do. Love it. Mm, Love I think it. I have goosebumps on that one, Lorraine. <laughs> Great answer. Wow. Okay, so you're going to surprise yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And bet on herself. And well, what's yeah. the most illegal thing you've done? <laughs> <laughs> well, that one is painful, literally. Because on February 14th of this year, I ran a traffic signal Mm. that resulted in a car accident, totaling my vehicle, shattering my ankle that had to have surgery. So I will not forget (laughs) that illegal thing. But did you run it on purpose or was it just... No. And when when it turned out that the the officer came over to me and said, I'm I'm so sorry that I have to give you a... Because I had hired him. Um, and, I mean, been one of the commissioners, not me personally. But yeah. I thought, I didn't, I didn't stop. The, you know, you don't see yourself as this, sure. this neglectful driver. But yeah. trust me, I was. <laughs> okay. Trust me, I was. That's all right. That's better than Amanda's. Yes, that is better than mine. That is better than mine. So, you know, I was wrapping us up to the fun stuff. And then there was one question that I cannot let you off this podcast without talking about because it's close to my heart and I know close to your heart. You had mentioned that there are some pretty significant leadership gaps in business and industry right now. Can you talk to us a little bit about where you see those leadership gaps, what they are? Um, I think that it's first and foremost, there's no strong vision 
that's what was really exciting to me about Rockford Promise. Mm -hmm. That was not focusing on where we are and what are our obstacles or our limitations. That was focusing on where we could go. Mm. So we need not managers, we need leaders. And leaders have to have a vision. We have to drive to that vision. And it has to include the potency of our geographic I mean, we, we, we were still one of the nine best logistical centers in the nation. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about that beyond just the airport? Mm-hmm. So, so the leadership gap is all about having the vision, having the audacity to go for the big vision, and having grid integrity as you get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you talk about our, our geographical location and and making sure that we are capitalizing on those opportunities and having the audacity to do so. Yeah. So you have a theme in everything you say, and it's it's evident. You know, you surprise yourself, have the audacity, bet mm-hmm. on yourself, yep. believe in yourself, you know, elevate people. She's sharp. It, Who a, is she? <laughs> Who is this lady? She's sharp. <laughs> I will never forget that. And I don't think Brittany will either. No. <laughs> She's like, well, let me tell you about her. And that was fun. I'll tell you my favorite, if I can just yeah. interject sure. this. Yeah. Dick and I were sitting having dinner at a Brio one night, and the server just had always, you know, we would go there every week, and the servers all knew us by name, and they Dick and Lorraine, Dick and Lorraine. And one day, this, this young woman, she says, Oh, you're like Dick and Lorraine at the entry of the technologies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it was just like, mm-hmm. it brought it home to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and I don't share the story for, it just, I guess it's to say, philanthropy, you never know how it touches people and how it can inspire people and how it takes them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we became very real for her. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll, she'll see that as, well, they were just those diners. Right. Sure. Yeah. I bet yeah. you always wondered if people read that stuff yeah. when they walked through the buildings. Now you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, Lorraine, you're sitting around the campfire, and you're reflecting back on all the programs that you have invested in and the current programs you're investing in now in terms of your time, your talents, your connections, your networking, your ability to fundraise, your ability to offer innovation, your ability to problem solve, right? You, you talk a lot about problem solving. And there's one problem that you have to spend the year 2021 working on. What problem do you want to work on in 2021? I'm recently involved with the merit program at the University of uh, Illinois School of Medicine. Okay. And that's about abuse of children. We have a very high incident rate, one in four, in Winnebago County. Mm. And it has become even more pronounced uh, with, with no school and just the way we're also locked down. I feel like that is something that a lot of people are not aware of the program. The extraordinary work of Dr. Davis um, and, and um, the nurse practitioner there. Mm-hmm. So I'm eager to see how I can build out the awareness mm-hmm. and help with fundraising. 
Can you okay. tell us a little bit about the program? So it, it helps children? Is so children who either through, it's often either law enforcement or hospitals and doctors. Okay. And because it's, they see other abuse, but a lot of sexual abuse. Okay. And these students, excuse me, these children then um, have medical intervention mm -hmm. and it, um, hopefully other thing, other processes that start removing them from the dangerous situations mm -hmm. and helping them get into lives where they're going to be safer mm -hmm. and they can start to heal emotionally, spiritually, mm -hmm. physically. So again, reaching out to people that have the biggest obstacles yep. and starting with childhood trauma is the biggest obstacle oh. that you can get. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I am in awe of you, and I told you I was so excited to meet with you because um, in many ways I hope to pattern my life after yours, and I hope to have an impact. I'm doing it in a very small way compared to you, um, but I, I aspire to be somebody who looks out and puts the camera on other people. That's one of the reasons David and I wanted to do this podcast is because yeah. we really want to put the camera on other people and help them self-actualize. So um, talking with you every time to somebody who's very like-minded is so refreshing. Well, you guys are great hosts, and I, I'm really honored to have gotten the chance to mm. talk with you. I can vouch for how excited she was, too. And she <laughs> called me, and she finally had a, a date. And a Please tell me you're not busy at 3 o'clock on Monday. I'm like, okay. Well, I love it because we were trying to find a time, and yeah. I called Lorraine on Friday, and she picks up on the first ring. And I'm like, Lorraine. She said, here, here's the only reason. And then she said, well, how about Monday? I'm like, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> It so, all worked out. So we we'll talked to her Friday. She booked on Monday. Yeah. And uh, here we are today together. So we appreciate you. I want you to know that Rock Valley College appreciates you. Yes, we do. Um, we, we, you know, in our small circle of, of people that we spend time with every single day, um, yep. your name comes up often. And we just uh, really, really want you to know that your work is um, something that inspires us to do better. So That's certainly meant a lot for me, too. Thank you. Thank you for thank being you. here. Yes, thank you so much. Well, well was it everything you hoped it would be? That was fun. <laughs> can you see my smile? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> you are, your eyes are very smiley. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, when you have a heart for service and you get to spend time with a servant leader who, yeah. you know, makes it her life's mission to help people who are facing, like I said, over and over, every obstacle, you know, we don't have an equal playing field. Mm -hmm. People don't have an equal playing field. And it's as if she's looking around saying, where are the people with the odds stacked against them? Because those are the people that I want to help. Yeah. She's, she's been involved. You know, you, we've talked about a lot of them, but you name any of the, any number of the big things that we've done in the last several years. And She's somehow involved, yeah. or the foundation's involved, and she's the driving force behind it. We talked about the tech bus. We're excited to roll that out. Rockford Promise, it's been great to watch that thing grow. Not only the adding of NIU as an option, but even just growing here. Yes. I've watched it go from, you know, because we used to have them here and had a little ceremony, and mm -hmm. we gave them a little. And I remember the first year we did it, and there was maybe five. Mm -hmm. And then I remember a few, a few years later, there was 30. 
I so cannot it's just wait. Grown. I cannot wait for the two Rockford Promise students that are coming on the podcast yeah. to tell their stories. Uh, and I'll leave those stories for them to tell, even though I would like to tell them right now. Um, I want yeah. to end this podcast by sharing something about Lorraine. Uh, she was recognized as um, for her for her contributions. She was recognized in 2007 as Philanthropist of the Year for her gift to Rock Valley College mm-hmm. um, that she spoke of for the Estelle M. Black Library. And she was also, in 2019, awarded yep. Citizen of the Year during the Rockford Chamber of Commerce's annual dinner. Yeah, I remember that. And you want to talk about a life, a life's work and legacy? And her statement was... I'm 75, and I intend to surprise you. <laughs> well, that's pretty much I what she just said, right? to surprise you. That's yeah. exactly what she just said. Yeah. So I think the title for our podcast will be a lesson from her to us using her word, surprise yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Bet on yourself. Surprise, surprise yourself. yourself. Yeah. So that's yeah. her. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. That's exactly what she pretty much said when she answered that question. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm quite done yet. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I mean, that's great news for our community, and that's mm-hmm. great news for Rock Valley College that she's not done yet. Yes, it is. She said, I'm not even close, yeah. and I plan to surprise myself. Well, that's something. So. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I can see where she has uh, influenced and inspired you and, and the work you, you do um, you. and forming students of service and the things that you you try to do to give back as well, so... I can see it having an impact. Yeah, it definitely did. And, and, and when you know she spoke about saying, hey, I see what you see, that's what she did for me that day at lunch. She, she, I told her about my dreams and my vision. Mm-hmm. And she said, yep, I see it, Amanda. I absolutely see it. And you know, it was like an instant bond. And I think we both shed some tears that day. And <laughs> <laughs> after, you, after you finally got to the bottom of who she was. Yeah, huh? after I finally got to the bottom of who that sharp lady is. <laughs> Have you had her, uh, like, since that event, have you had her speak to any of the students from from SOS? I have not, and because of the COVID, yeah. um, I think that, you know, I need to not make that an excuse anymore because we're just adjusting, and maybe I can get her on the Zoom call. And, in fact, when she came on the show, she said, should we Zoom or do it in person? And mm-hmm. I said, well, of course, we would love to have you in person. And yeah. she didn't, you know, blink an eye at that. She came on in today, and it was just a really wonderful day, I know, for you for mm-hmm. – your event and the school's event, the college's event, and then having um, Lorraine Logan cap off our day was just a real pleasure. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast today. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, let us know if you have anyone you would like to see on the Everything RVC podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's been another great week. Upcoming next week, we're going to talk some adult education with Pat Young and Tricia Wagner, our first duo sitting in the hot seat together. Yeah.